PR's Talk Pros Talk Brand Strategies and Mergers and Acquisitions, featuring Art Stevens, Managing Partner at the Stevens Group. Here's our host, Doug Simon. All right, so in the past, the process was an agency owner would work, then decide they wanted to retire and look to sell their firm when they no longer be a part of it. But you said that's changed. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's changed dramatically over the last, I would say, 10 to 15 years. Uh, it is true that uh, uh, owners of agencies uh, uh, prior to the present time really got out as an exit strategy. They uh, put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in their agencies over the years, and they just wanted to do something else. They wanted to you know, go fishing or sit in rocking chairs or whatever they wanted to do, but it was truly an exit strategy. It was really to get paid for all the effort that they put into their agency and just just leave the scene. Uh, That has changed dramatically because, first of all, uh, I am now seeing that agency owners are younger who sell, and they sell for very different reasons. They are not interested in retiring. They are interested in proceeding with their careers. So being acquired is like a jump shot, a jump start in their careers where they get on to do something else. They work with a larger organization, they continue their careers, and they begin, they thrive in, in the new environment. So I would say the average age now of people selling is well under 50. So Art, you touched on this a little bit, but what are some of the reasons that the sellers are getting younger? Is it that they want to be part of a larger organization? Well, it's a combination of things, Doug. Uh, a, they do want to be part of a larger organization. B, um, they love doing public relations, and uh, but they they find like admin and back office stuff and dealing with HR, you know, and uh, uh, worrying about uh, you know accounts receivable and uh, money in the bank uh, and the business side. They're getting tired of the business side. They want to focus on public relations and client service. So they are more eager to give that up uh, to somebody else who could take that off their shoulders. And one way of doing that, of course, is to join a larger organization. And also by joining a larger organization and getting rid of all that admin work, they also have an opportunity to grow and uh, become part of the growth of a larger organization. Uh, these are people who don't want to retire. They never want to retire. And they are, they are thinking, better to sell my agency sooner rather than later, because it's not an exit strategy, it's a growth strategy. And in order to grow, they just as soon do it sooner. Right. so what are some things, if you're, say, on the younger side looking to do this, what are the things you need to keep in mind as you're running your agency to be a better target if you will, for a larger company. You have to demonstrate that you know how to run a business in addition to servicing clients. Uh, There are a lot of agencies that don't make any money and uh, these are not good prospects for acquisition. So in order to to be attractive to a potential buyer, you have to demonstrate that you are in a a niche that is complementary to that buyer, that you yourself can play an integral part in that agency. Uh, And so in order to prepare for that, you have to run your business profitably. You know, you have to have a good senior management team. You have to have a, a, a durable roster of clients, clients that have stayed with you for a while. Uh, and all of that will prove attractive to a buyer. Yeah, I know um, from my own experience, and I'm not putting our company out there for these purposes, huh. I wouldn't want to have to let key people go if I were to join another organization. How typical or can it be done where you're able to keep your team intact 
when you join a larger organization? Because I know that's important to some leaders. A buyer is putting a lot of money into acquiring an agency. The last thing right. the buyer wants to do is, is to upset the apple cart. Uh, any buyer uh, wants to make sure that uh, the people in the agency that he's acquiring are happy, you know, from top on down. Um, and he typically, and there is no buyer that I know of that makes, you know, wholesale changes like uh, uh, right. terminating people or making, you know, radical changes in management and structure. I think if you buy an agency, you like it just the way it is, and you want to assure the people who are working there that they're going to have a successful future, you want to excite them and motivate them. You don't want to scare them by indicating right. that you're going to be letting people go. So the answer is that pretty much all acquisitions that I've ever been involved with, the buyer you know, leaves the uh, autonomy and running of the, uh, of the uh, acquired firm to the owner-seller. Uh, and lets the owner seller make any decisions regarding what changes need to be made in that uh, company. So no, there were, there were never any wholesale terminations. Yeah, and the leadership of the buyer, male, female, whatever, and the leadership of the company being acquired beyond just the top people, how important is it that they all have a good relationship and how do you test that out in advance? It's the most important thing, Doug, it really is. You know, I mean, uh, money means a lot, you know, but. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, if going forward, like a marriage, the relationship does not work out, it can become bitter um, and, uh, and, and hurtful. Uh, that's the last thing you want. So in order to prevent that from happening, uh, you know, my job as a facilitator, uh, I'm really a matchmaker, if you will, is to make sure that, that uh, the, the two parties, the seller and the buyer, uh, share the same values, share the same vision, uh, share the same concept of, of, of uh, quality of life in, in, the, in the workplace. Um, and in order for them to determine that, go, you know, going into these discussions, they need to see each other frequently. One of the things I advocate is that buyer and seller meet often for dinner, for lunch at the office, at each other's office, really get to know each other very well. It's a, diff it's a very difficult, uh, life-changing decision to sell one's firm and also to buy a firm. So these people have to be totally in sync. And one way to do it is for them to meet as often as possible before, before they put ink on paper. So tell me about, you know, when things don't go well, what are some of the things you might hear from the sellers? What I hear from the seller, for example, in, uh, in a couple of cases, uh, even though they had uh, seller and buyer had reached agreement on what the role of the seller would be after the uh, acquisition uh, closed. Uh, buyers then uh, changed the responsibilities of the uh, of the, of the uh, owner seller uh, and mandated that they do other things that were not agreed upon earlier. For example, in one case, uh, the owner seller was very close to her clients, and the uh, the buyer. Uh, asked the uh, owner seller to uh, give up that responsibility and mm -hmm. give it to people in her firm and to do only selling, to do only new business development. And that's not what the agreement was. Um, right. but the buyer insisted on it and the owner seller reluctantly began to do that. So what happens sometimes is that buyers will, you know, arbitrarily change change the uh, uh, responsibilities of the seller and get the seller into areas that were not agreed upon. So that doesn't work very well. That doesn't obviously uh, uh, augur well for a positive working relationship yeah. going and forward. I would, 
I would think there would be naturally some ebb and flow as business conditions change. But the one you talk of, that's almost like not talking about if you want to have children, if you're going to get married. That's right. Leaving that, that's exactly. a big one. Exactly. So yeah. now on the seller side, what are some mistakes for sellers to avoid? Well, I think uh, the one mistake to make really, you know, is to uh, go into a deal, as I indicated earlier, is to go into a deal without knowing the buyer well enough. Uh, that is a mistake. You know, it's like a, you know, it's, it's like the uh, engagement period before you get married. You know, you've got to know the other party really well. You've got to determine uh, if you can work with that uh, party and, and that person's vision of business and, and public relations and life in general. Um, sometimes sellers will act too quickly. Just look at the numbers and uh, be satisfied with the structure of a deal, but but not pay enough attention to the chemistry going forward. So that 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 that's very often a major mistake. You know, I try to make sure you know that if I'm involved in 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 the discussion, to make absolutely certain that it slows down a little bit that people have a chance to get to know each other as well as possible and to be absolutely certain that they can live with each other and thrive with each other. Right. No, that, that's great advice. And finally, given the nature of the pandemic, you talk about chemistry. Sometimes chemistry has been harder to measure with limits on the ability to travel, get together, remote work, and companies, you know, are, hopefully they'd be on the same page with that so there's no major shift. Um, what are some of your advice to try and get around that in this environment? And has that led to more deals, fewer deals, or are the deals very different because of that? I have had clients during the past year and a half that I've not met in person at all. So we've become, you know, real Zoom buddies. Zoom has played a major role in, in uh, facilitating acquisition discussions. And in many cases, the parties have not really met in person. Uh, I think people are beginning to travel a little, a little bit more now. Right. People are venturing, you know, to get on planes. And so that, that will change. But for the past year and a half, uh, there was no end to acquisition discussions. It didn't just stop. Uh, they continued, but it continued using different, different formats. Uh, people talking as we are doing right. now, you know, over, you know, over a computer screen uh, and getting to yeah. know each other that way. So uh, fortunately, it, it's worked out relatively well, you know, and at some point, like after the closing, uh, the buyer and seller finally met in person. But to a large extent, a, a lot of deals have been done without people meeting in person. Yeah, and Zoom has been critical to our significant business growth over the last year since yeah. the pandemic as well. That's great advice. And I guess I don't know if we'll need to meet in person soon. Hope to see you on Zoom as soon as I can. And thanks so much for contributing your really great insights. Doug, you're very, very welcome. It's good to see you. Thank you.